You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. And this is the Rates and Lanes Podcast. And tonight, we want to talk a little bit about going out and getting more direct customers. We want to kind of go more in-depth into that subject a little bit more. And also, I want some feedback from you guys that's calling in and listening in as well. Wanting to know uh, if you're running on the spot market, what kind of real-world rates are you seeing? Are are you seeing what's being reflected in some of the reports that we are receiving? Uh, Just trying to get an indication as to what areas you may be running in and, and what you're actually seeing out there in the real world. If you're doing, if you have the ability to negotiate your rate or whatever, if you care to share that information, you can go ahead and press number one and get up into the, the uh, caller queue so we can try to get to you and get your screen in. Also, um, we hopefully will be joined by uh, a special guest. We won't mention until we get him on board. We'll see We'll see if he, if he gets a chance to call in, but we want to try to give you guys some more strategies, some more different tips and things that you might be able to implement to go out and and start to begin to grow your customer base for yourself. I was seeing some information on a couple of the Facebook groups where um, people were talking about how bad the spot market rates are, and and don't get me wrong, they are terrible on the spot market rates. But, um, you know, Seeing comments like people saying, "Well, I'll just sit at home and wait till the race get, you know, recover and get better," you know, that's not going to do anyone really any good. It's not really going to be beneficial to you or your company. So instead of sitting around and, and saying, "Well, I'm going to wait until the, the race get better on the spot market," uh, what are you proactively doing? What are some tips and some strategies that you know we want to try to give you some tips and some strategies that you might be able to use instead of just. It's fine if you want to sit and not run the cheap rates on the spot market, but it's not fine if, you, if that's all you want to do is sit, is sit back and just wait for something to be dropped in your lap. Uh, would much rather prefer that you be more proactive and go out and get what it is that you want versus accepting what is being given to you. Uh, with that being said, we'll take a look at this week's USDA truck rate report. And this week, uh, we're going to put a link up on the uh, Facebook page, Rates and Lanes Facebook page, to the USDA truck rate report. We'll have it up here shortly. And this report for this week, it's looking very close to last week's report. There's only one position in the country that has a slight shortage of trucks, and that is Aristoke County, Maine. Uh, not really sure if Maine is really going to be a bastion of a hotbed to do a lot of uh, movement of freight anyway, but if you happen to be in that area or close to it, there might be a potential of opportunity to be had there in Maine if you have a reefer or um, you can go and refer to this report to find out exactly what is moving out of that part of the country and see if that's something that you may be interested in. Only other uh, market that Bears worth mentioning on the on the air here tonight is San Luis Valley, Colorado. They are showing a slight surplus. 
So that is an area that you may want to avoid. Aristotle County, Maine, if you happen to be up in that area of the country, might be an area that you might want to look into uh, to try to get some good freight out of those areas. Every other area out of the, um, the area that I mentioned in the report are showing an adequate supply of trucks. So there may not be a whole lot to be had there, but like I said, post this information up on the Race and Maine's Facebook page so that you will have that available to you. You can click to it and, and, and go check it out for yourself. Be, um, and I try to remind everyone with a um, little bit of caution, when you look at this report, when you go a chance, if you get a chance to check it out, they do have some rate information on this report. Rate information that they have on this report I have found to be really highly inflated. So you have to really take the, the rate information that they produce on this report with a grain of salt because it is really, really inflated. I'm not sure exactly uh, what is the process by which they determine the rates that they post off of that report. But nevertheless, just be really cautious when looking at those rates. There's, there's going to be a little ambitious to expect to get some of the rates that they have published on that report. Uh, we talk about the report just as a point of reference to show where there may be some hot spots to be had with fruits and vegetables and things of that nature on that, on that particular report. Moving right on over into this week's trend line report from BAT. And for January 24th through the 30th, the load-to-truck ratios got a nice bump last week, possibly due to pent-up demand after previous week's winter storm. Van rates weren't unchanged, but rates edged down for reefers and flatbeds. Diesel prices fell another $0.04, cents, down to $2.03 per gallon nationally. And let's take a closer look at this report and look into the U.S. Van Demand and Capacity Report. And van low postings increased 13% last week, while truck low posts were down 3%. As a result, the load to truck ratio increased 16% from 1.4 loads per truck up to 1.7 loads per truck. The national average van rate last week held steady at $1.65 per mile. Taking a look back over the month of January, the van load postings were down 14% in January when compared to the previous month, truck posts fell 4%, which dropped the load-to-truck ratio from 2.1 down to 1.9. Compared to January of 2015, the ratio has declined 32% over that time frame. And let's take a look and see how the U.S. van rates have performed over the week of January 24th through 30th. Van rates held steady at $1.65 per mile last week. No change to the average fuel surcharge. Rates were mixed on high-volume lanes originating in the north, northeast, southeast, midwest, and west coast. Rates fell in the south-central states. Um, and we said that the national average rate for a fuel was at $2.03. It's down $0.04. Cents. And rates fell $0.05 cents in, the, in the month of January. The national average van rates fell $0.05 cents in January 
to a dollar sixty six per mile due partially to a three cent decline in fuel surcharge compared to January of twenty fifteen. Last month's rates lost twenty seven cents, including a fifteen cents drop in the fuel surcharge. Taking a look around the country, we're showing rates in the northeastern portion of the United States for dry vans, averaging out at around a dollar seventy nine cents per mile. We have rates in the southeastern portion of the United States with an average rate of $1.63 per mile for dry vans. Moving into the Midwest, we show the average rate for dry vans at $1.93, setting the high water mark for dry vans. Down into the south central portion of the United States, setting the low water mark, coming out of Dallas, Texas. I didn't give you the cities of the uh, of the, of the state. So in the northeastern, we had Philadelphia showing that rate on average of a dollar seventy nine in the in the uh, the uh, south central southeastern portion of the United States. I'm sorry, Atlanta, Georgia shows that rate of, an average rate of a dollar sixty three. Coming out of the Midwest, Chicago has the average rate of a dollar ninety three. Uh, Dallas, Texas is checking in uh, in that south central portion of the United States with the low rate. Averaging at a dollar forty-nine cents per mile for dry vans, and moving out west, um, Los Angeles, California, checks in, showing an average rate of a dollar seventy-eight cents per mile. Moving on over to the U.S. demand for flatbeds in the capacity report for flatbeds, flatbed load volume was up eleven percent, while capacity increased two percent. The yield a 13% increase in the national load-to-truck ratio from 7.3 up to 8.3 loads per truck. Average flatbed rates were down $0.02 cents compared to the previous week. Looking back over the month of January, flatbed load postings rose 10% in January. When, the compared, when compared to December, the truck postings declined 4%. As a result, the load-to-truck ratio for the month rose 14% from 7.5 to 8.6 loads per truck. Compared to January of 2015, the ratio was down 31% over that time frame. Moving over into the flatbed rates, for the week of January 24th through the 30th, flatbed spot market rates dropped two cents last week to a national average of $1.85 per mile due partially to a one-cent dip in the fuel surcharge. The load-to-truck ratio increased 13% to 8.3 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate fell $0.05 cents in January compared to the previous month at $1.88 per mile. Total rate was down 33%, 33 cents, I'm sorry, compared to the average rate in January 2015, including a $0.18 cents decline in the fuel surcharge. Checking in across the country, we have Harrisburg checking in, showing setting the high water mark for flatbeds. An average was $2.83 per mile coming out of that northeastern portion of the United States. Dropping down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing an average rate of $2 per mile on average for flatbeds. Moving over to the Midwest, have Rock Island checking in, showing a $2.52 per mile average for flatbeds coming out of that Midwestern portion of the United States. Down into the South Central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas checks in, showing an average rate, a 
of a dollar seventy seven cents per mile for flatbeds. And moving out to the west coast, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, has a paltry rate for a flatbed, averaging out at a dollar forty eight cents per mile coming out of the west coast. Moving on over to the U.S. Reefer Demand and Capacity Report for the week of January 24th through the 30th. Reefer load postings increased 6%, and the truck postings declined 3% last week. As a result, the load-to-truck ratio rose 9% from 3.5 up to 3.8 loads per truck. The national average reefer rate declined $0.01 cents to $1.88 per mile on average for the spot market. And, and keep in mind, all of these rates that we're talking about right now are all spot market rates. So, once again, it would behoove you to um, go out and get you some contracts locked in where your rates can be a little bit better than what's showing on average for spot market rates right now. Uh, we'll jump into that a little later, hopefully. Uh, let me finish up this report really quickly. Reefer spot market Low volume declined 13% in January compared to December, and the capacity was down 6%, resulting load-to-truck ratio fell 8% from 4.9 to 4.5 loads per truck compared to the demand of January 2015. The ratio fell 50%. Moving into the rates for U.S. reefer uh, during the week of January 24th through the 30th, Reefer spot market rates fell one cent last week to a dollar eighty-eight cents per mile. As a result of a one cent drop in the fuel surcharge compared to the previous week, load to truck ratio increased nine percent. The national average spot market rate fell six cents from January from December to January, partially due to a four cents decline in the average fuel surcharge at a dollar ninety per mile. The rate was down 32 cents compared to January 2015, including a 17 cents drop in the fuel surcharge. So, moving up and checking in on the rates out of the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Elizabeth, New Jersey, checking in, showing an average rate of a dollar 72 cents per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Lakeland, Florida. Bringing up the rear, showing an average rate for reefers at a dollar thirty-seven cents per mile, coming out of Lakeland, Florida. Moving into the midwestern portion of the United States, setting the benchmark for reefers once again, Green Bay, Wisconsin, showing an average rate for reefers at two dollars and eighty-three cents per mile. Down into the south central portion of the United States, Rio Grande is the representative city McAllen, Texas, showing an average rate for reefers at a dollar eighty-four cents per mile. And out on the west coast, Fresno, California checks in, showing average reefer rates moving around a dollar eighty-one cents per mile. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's trend line report. And just trying to see if we may have had our special guest on the phone. But this doesn't look like he's been able to make it in just yet. Ah, then again, seeking you shall find. Let's see. Mr. George, are you there? Hey, Rico, how are you? Sorry about the uh I'm good. 
Sorry about the delay. I, I, I've got nothing but a better excuse than it's 60 degrees or 55 degrees in western New York, and I was cook, still cooking dinner. <laughs> no problems, my friend. Well, if you don't know, if you don't know about a voice by now, ladies and gentlemen, that's our good friend, Mr. George Hick of Blue Heron Logistics. I asked George to come on this week and, and maybe uh, share with us a couple of different points because, and the reason that I, I reached out to George and I asked him to come on is because George is one of the few people that I've had the privilege of. of I haven't had a chance of actually meeting George face to face, but through our interaction and everything through the whole Les Truck family and, and the different things that goes on and, and uh, the Facebook groups, George is one of the very few people that has actually taken the bull by the horns and gone out and actually built himself a business. And that's, you know, and we also got to keep in mind that George has, does have sales background. Not to say that that's going to, not to say that that, you know, is, is any excuse by any stretch of the imagination, but it does give him a little bit more insight. And I thought it would be a great idea to bring George on to, give you guys an opportunity to maybe ask George some questions or maybe pick up some pointers on some things that he may be doing that you might be able to implement in your, into something that you may be doing to maybe help you out. And with that said, George, uh, you know, maybe give us some background, tell us some different things that you may have going on over at Blue Heron right now. Um, well, I mean, 2016, uh, you know, finished out, or I should say 2016 is starting out pretty strong. Um, 2015, I decided to take the chance and, and buy a second truck and expand. Um, we did hire our first employee who, after two and a half weeks, um, he was kind of new to the trucking, if you want to say the over the road, or well, I don't do much for over the road, if you want to say, but the overnight situation, and just after a couple of weeks, he just said, you know what, it's, I'm sorry, it's just not for me. I don't like it. It just didn't work. Um, kind of regrouped. It was kind of tough. I, you know, I Maybe I kind of had a bit of a, a feeling that I was invincible from the standpoint of hiring. But, you know, it's it's not easy. It's tough to hire employees. But I'm also looking in a different direction. I'm not looking for, a, how do I say this tactfully, a, you're the typical truck driver. I'm looking for somebody more that has the element of the customer service and the, the the interaction that we can mold the driving side of it. Because I, I still believe the driving side is easy. Okay, backing up can be tough. It can be tight. But, you know, what, what do we do? We sit back, relax, we listen to the radio, listen to books, whatever you want to do. Talk on the phone with your friends. Um, you know, so then uh, January 4th, we, we, we um, uh, had an offer that we had put out to an employee that was an accepted uh, job offer, and he's given it a whirl, and knock on wood, it's, it's worked well. But um, it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, when I look at the applicants that I had come forward, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it makes me shake my head, but I'm like, wow, it's, uh, it's not tough to rise above in this industry. Um, and I don't, that comes across probably as a derogatory manner, but just look around. So I mean to say that I mean we're we're going on that path, and uh, as many know or many don't know, I live in New York. We reside in New York. I've lived here all my life, and that's the way we're going to operate. I'm not going to play some game about um, this. This is my company, but I, I know I you know I'm handling all my customers here, and I live here. But I'm going to set the company up in a different state. I'm going to 
plate the trucks in another. No, that that's not how everyone likes it, if you want to say. With the, we even back down to the DOT. I'm a New York company. I'm going to operate as a New York company with New York plates, New York trailer plates, and all the stuff that comes with it, whether it be workman's comp and the taxes. You know, you just price and, a, and a, you know, put together forth a plan to do that. There's a ton of companies that are very successful up here, and there's a reason for it. Um, you know, I kind of do like this area, as I had heard from many of the people that I worked for in the past, mainly the the, the one that really kind of hammered into my mind was my sales manager and then the owner at New England Motor Freight, who I worked for for nearly seven years. I mean, where I am in the Northeast is an area that so many people don't want to go, yet I am at, you know, within 500 miles, not even 400 miles of two-thirds of the population of the country. That opens up so a lot I know of this kind of, and, and by you saying that up in that northeastern portion of the United States and it being an area that a lot of people want to avoid, so, and I, I know that most of the people that may be listening in has heard this before, and, and not to sound too cliche, but you uh, are a problem solver for people in that area. Is that, is that, would that be a fair assessment? Would that be correct in stating it that way? Yeah, I, I would. I want to believe that. I, I certainly feel that way. Um, you know, it, it's something that you know. I listen to my customers as as those that don't know me are out here. I mean, my background. I mean, in transportation goes to when I was in high school and, and got my introduction to trucks and driving around the yard and we moved zoo animals all over the country and then I got my CDL and went to college. On college breaks, I'd be gone for three, four weeks on a trip that, you know, my employer, my boss, family best friend, if you want to say, really a family member, just not by blood, gave me opportunities where I could go out and make enough money to pay for my tuition over my January break. I worked my butt off for it, but I got there. And, um, you know, then I, you know, graduated from college, stayed there for a bit. That just didn't work out, but then um, moved to Western New York and went through some hardships over time through a divorce and such, but I kind of then entered back into the transportation world more on the generic side of taking a local driving job, you know, doing 8, 10, 15 stops a day with a box truck. Well, within a couple of years, I worked into purchasing, and then I worked into, um, you know, the warehouse and then took over the Northeast distribution um, until that company was sold, and then shortly thereafter, I entered the LTL market because I had so many carriers that I, you know, utilized and, you know, one had given me an opportunity and then, you know, 16 years later worked up through that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I listened to customers complain about their perils and their woes in the industry. I mean, you would think it would be so, you know, it's such a complex thought and, and why am I saying it this way? But all the people want is, you know, it, you know, it goes back to the CMC that when I went in 20, 2012, Larry Wingett says, do what you're going to do, when you're going to do, and how you're going to do it. If you're going to pick it up on Monday, pick it up on Monday. If you're going to deliver on Thursday, deliver on Thursday, and do it the way you said you would do it, intact the way you picked it up. But no, this industry can change that in a heartbeat. You know, well, you know, we have carriers, and, and I, want, I want to put this back on the carriers. We have carriers that will commit to a load for Thursday on Monday, but by the time Thursday rolls around, they found something better, and lo and behold, they've got some excuse that they've given the broker or the customer 
as to, you know, why they can't do it. Oh, uh, I got a family emergency. You know, you don't think they've heard all those excuses? They have. You know, if you if you if you don't have your word, you're not worth anything out here, and and that's it is as it is. You know, Kevin Rutherford has talked about it, and I've had some instant messaging with him, and you know, people get so mad when I say be in the top one percent or be more than that. You know what? You know, go ahead and be mad at me, but look at the facts. Just look at the facts here, and that's all people want. I have moved that. I mean, I'm scheduled with a customer. You know, I'm scheduling moves in July for this year, April for this year. Um, you know, I, I think when uh, we talked last last week, I, you know, I have a move that's just going from Rochester to Buffalo. And when I met with the customer, I said, I don't think it's going to be two trucks a day, or um, it's not going to be one truck. You're going to need two trucks every Thursday. Nope, nope, we're all set. Well, he calls today. He goes, you know what? I'm going to need truck two trucks every Thursday. He goes, can you do that? And I said. Yep, I will put it together. He goes, is there a problem? I said, not a problem you have. I just need to figure this one out. And, uh, you know, so, there were, so, originally so supposed to be... Go ahead. Let's take a step back for a second, George. Let's take a step back. Let's see. Let, let's try to... Let me try to pierce into and pick your brain a little bit. When, you, when you're talking about this particular customer or whatever, what, did, what was your... Um, Strategy when you were prospecting. How did you? How did you happen to find this customer? Um. Well, it's not. Well. Wh- Without giving out too much, about, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go. No, no, I don't no, want to give well, your customer away. Funny, there, there's, <laughs> there, there's not any glorious way of hey, I pounded on the door and I pounded as I've kind of said. You've got to knock on the door and you're going to hear no. Here's how this situation went, and, and I'm going to try to follow this bouncing ball. Um, I have an account that I do some dedicated work for, power only. One of the drivers there and I have developed a very good friendship. He used to work for a mutual friend. So here nor there, you know, so we've really kind of developed a friendship. He's out with his buddy, and his buddy Vince says, Boy, I've got these moves going to Buffalo. Do you know anybody? Can you help me out? Well, Tom says, you know, um, he goes, no, I, I work for a company here, and we have company trucks. We can't do it. But here, call this guy. And this is where I kind of talk about oh, whether we're having business cards or, yeah, tell everyone what you do and what you want to do because you don't know how it's connected. You know, right. and that was that one. And then they contacted me and said, hey, my good friend suggested I call you. Referrals are gold. They are. I mean, now that's a double-edged sword. It'll come back to haunt you if it's a bad referral. But just make sure it's not. So when you are looking to, and I know you probably, you're at capacity now, but when you were in your beginning development mental stages, I know we got to, you know, a good bit of people that are listening in and people want to know, you know, not just from a, from a anecdotal standpoint, but, you know, we want to try to actually put some meat on the bone to try to give people some, some uh, incentives and some, and some, and some things that they might be able to go and do uh, while they're sitting, you know, like I, you know, conversation that we had earlier and I I mentioned it on air a little, a little earlier uh, about, you know, people talking about how bad the spot market rates are right now. And just talking about, you know, you know, 
what is your what are some of the things that you found as as when it comes comes time to go prospecting and different things? What's what are some things that you have been able to do that has led to some success for yourself? One is, you know, just go out there and start knocking on doors. You know, as I just had mentioned, tell everyone, you know, what you do because everyone knows someone. But you have to prospect. You have to pound on the door. And better than anything, set yourself apart. You know, we, we when I called in um, toward the end of the show last week with Chuck, you know what, don't show up in your beach attire and your flip-flops. You are a professional owning a company. Act like it. You know, go out. You're, you're gonna when you go in the back door at shipping. They there might be a door, a sign at the back door. There might be a sign on the front door. No soliciting. I can't tell you how many times I've walked in, and first thing I've said to the receptionist, also known as you know the gatekeeper. Yes, I understand your sign says no soliciting, but I, you know, I own my own trucking company. Trust me, when I was in LTL sales. Oh, I'm in sales for, oh, God, I used to have, a, you know, the customer say, oh, yeah, you're the fourth rep in today. I used to leave the area and go to another area, even if it was 15, 20 miles away, because, you know, that just happens. But when you go out and say, I own the company, it makes a big difference, because now you're on that more of a, I don't want to call it level playing field. You know, and, and don't, you know, don't get discouraged. You're going to hear no, but look around you at what's going on. You come into the gatekeeper. You know, I still remember, you know, one customer that took me a while to get in the door, but she always had this photo of she and her husband on the sunrise on their honeymoon in Hawaii. And one of the first things I used to always say to her, come in saying, I need to go to Hawaii. She goes, you have never forgotten about that. I said, no, and someday I need to go to Hawaii because I want to see that. And, you know, we just kind of connected and, and almost became friends before anything with business. Um, but, you know, be observant to what's around you. And when you're having those discussions and somebody walks by, remember if you're at that front office, look around. I mean, there's a hallway and then there's a door probably to an office. That office door may be right to the owner of the business who is listening to what's going on or, you know, has the camera system in his office and is, you know, watching, you know, who's this guy in the front lobby? I mean, you know, the trucking is in a lot of areas that there are rough areas, so there's a lot of security. But that's, you've just got to present yourself and just introduce, you know, but you can't, it's tough to do it if you don't even have anything, you know, not even a business card. You have to have something like that. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, work and try to build something that is a brand. Um, yeah, we're hoping couple, couple that things we're doing too. that. You know, a couple of things too. I just want to throw in when you're doing your prospecting and, and before you make actually make your sales call. You know, have an idea of what it is. Uh, maybe if it's nothing as simple, it could be something as simple as a, as a three ring binder or a notebook or something. But make sure that you write down the companies and you know the contact information and and because if they do tell you a no now doesn't mean a no forever. So you need to be able to make sure that you have some way of keeping notes on that particular prospect because you want to make sure that you're following up. Uh, and, and, George, what would you say, um, coming with a background from sales, how how often and, and, and should you follow up with someone? 
I think it really depends on, you know, you should rather quickly be able to figure out if there's something for you at this customer or prospect. You know, you shouldn't be calling and hounding on somebody, you know, that um, really has something you're not interested in, if, if that makes sense. I, you know, you start asking about what they do. I mean, it, you know, I've been approached about reefer business up here in town. One of them, we, you know, Kim and I put a proposal and kind of talked to them about doing it. It was literally going across town three times a day. Even though, you know, we were really making it to the point, starting to negotiate, I ended up pulling out saying, you know what, this is not in my business model. I, it's just not for me. And it could have still been a very good uh, account, but it just not, it just didn't fit. And, you know, I, and I couldn't get excited and passionate about it. But you need to, you know, I mean, Can't I don't know if I can fully answer all. that because there's a fine line of being a pest, too. I got you. I got you. You can't be all things you know, to all people, but if you, but, but if no, you and have, you can't be. And I mean, uh, I, yeah, and I'm, and I'm not going to go into a company and say, oh yeah, yeah, here I am. I'm George. I'm Blue Heron Logistics. I'm a 48 state carrier. Really? What are you going to do? I'm, come on, you, you're not. You, you can't do what I need, and and I can't, except on some very specialized niche markets you know, where that makes a difference. But I'm not going to come in, to, you know, and and just touch on that, you know, because you're, you just end up making yourself a fool. And they, they've seen this day in and day out. They've heard it all. Um, but it may, well, we got it, a couple of people that's got some. We okay, got a well, couple people that's got their hand raised now. Oh. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Well, well here's, a quick, here's a quick story. I mean, you know, many of the folks out here probably are familiar. Up, you know, just east of town here in Canandaigua is a company called Pactive. They make all the hefty plates and I don't know if they do the tinfoil there, but all of that stuff. I mean, they just the slip sheet, floor load, all this. I've known them for years. And the last uh, woman that was in charge, you know, was like, oh, well, you know, why don't you come in? And I said, I don't, I'm not for you. I said, unless you're moving a machine or something high value or something, I, I I'm not interested in your grocery loads. Here's a couple people that might be a good fit for you. Well, what happened last year? People changed. The woman after 30-some years left who was in charge, new person is in charge, and kind of overseeing what is controlled in-house in Canandaigua. Most everything is controlled elsewhere in the country at corporate traffic. But no, this new woman handles it. She picks up the phone and calls me. When I have a problem, can I call you? I said, absolutely. I said, why not? She goes, well, I just, I didn't, wasn't sure if you were really interested in much of our stuff. I said, not on the generic side. Who is this woman? The daughter of my first LTL employer. <laughs> you know, it, back to, back the, back and like I said, these can, yes, you know, and and she's a woman. I could I can make a phone call. I'm in the area. Can I stop in? Absolutely. You know, not one of those of like, well, how about in two weeks on the 15th at 3 p.m. I have an opening. You know, I, I'm, you know, you you haven't kind of broken into the inner sanctum if you're kind of just they're putting you out that far. Um, but anyway, but that that's enough on that one. I, I just want to share that one quick. But you know, folks that got their hands up, please please go ahead. 
All right, let's see if we can grab them real quick. Uh, call us. Be listening. We're going to call out the uh, first three digits of your area code. Uh, we have caller calling in from the 717 area code. Very first caller, what's your name and what's your question? Hi, this is uh, Mark. How are you doing tonight, George? Hi, Mark. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Hey, I'm glad you called in giving me all kinds of great ideas. Um, really help me focus on it's good to kind of focus on a particular business niche, and, and you've made it my goal to uh, take February and really kind of focus, say, okay, what's going to be my business plan for the rest of the year? What region do I focus on? What kind of freight? Um, but along that line, I know you said you've, you've got some background in sales and quite a bit of background in the industry. Could you recommend what you thought are some really good books to kind of help guide myself and the others listening as far as sales and just kind of putting together a business? Um, well, unfortunately, no. I can't. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I, 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 I got a, I got a couple. You know, I, I, I know there's a lot of people that talk about many, many books. Um, I know Kenny has brought up a couple. Um, but some, and I, I, I may be wrong on some of this, as I'm about to say, but I see many of, I'm going to word this and, and try to make it sound the best I can. There's nothing that beats real world experience. And I know we want to learn and get ideas, but many of these books and seminars and people that come in and talk about this, that, negotiations and all, I often like to come back saying, okay, how, what is your background? What is your experience? And I will take it a step further because freight sales is different than any other sales and negotiations. Many of the tactics, you know, whether you're going to buy a car or a truck or a trailer may very well work. But you're in freight, you are selling a service. And that is a whole different ballgame. You can't come right. in, you know, as, um, oh, my God, Kim had me, oh, God, is it the, um, the book that's used for interviews, uh, Knock Em Dead? Right. And in Knock Em Dead, I think is dynamite from an interview standpoint, but that's kind of what you're doing in sales. So, you know, that, that might be one of my recommendations, but they come to you. And they, they go to the prospective employee, hand them a pen, saying, fine, sell me this pen. Now, that goes against what I was saying about, you know, a service. It's a tangible object. You need to try to figure out a way. How are you going to make your business, which really isn't tangible. I mean, it is from the standpoint you have your trucks and, and such. But, you know, that's where you have to work to build your brand. So I, I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, Rico, I know, probably has some books. Um one that I really like, George, um, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to get a hold of it. Uh, it's uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Um, Chet does a really excellent job in that book on uh, breaking down the difference between strategies and tactics, and he gives some really good information in there on how to um, differentiate yourself from, from your competition. Um, that's, a, that, that's a really good one that I really have enjoyed. And and actually been able to use some of the tips and strategies out of it to to gleam a little bit of success out here in, in gaining my own cup. Okay. Thank you. Rita. Now now you now now you mentioned your um your area code is seven one seven, Pennsylvania. Yes. 
What, what, yes. what is your operation? What is it you want to do? What, what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> I'll tell you that. I have a step deck. I, I really enjoy running what I would term interesting loads, oversized, high-value machines, uh, equipment, and I, I'm just started just doing this in August, and I'm trying to figure out what's available, what's going on, um, and I'm just trying to figure out, okay, from what you're saying, it's good to try to focus on start building up those contacts who might be the riggers or the people who might come into contact with machinery. Um, just start making some phone calls to people who might be moving things around. Well, well, yeah, but here's the thing is you don't need the people that have the contacts at the riggers. Go right to the rigger. Go to the crane right. companies. I mean, they, what a lot of these companies will do and what I found is you go in and knock on a door and you present yourself well. And I'm, I'm going to be harsh in saying this, but you got to play the part. You don't have to wear a suit, but you know what? Have on some nice jeans and you know, or, or nice khakis, and or in Boston as we call them, khakis. Khakis. Um, <laughs> but it just, uh, you know, you, it, you start knocking on doors, and yeah, and somebody will end up saying, "Well, no, we don't do that, but they do." But what I want to suggest to you also is, you know, this is something I learned, you know. Over 10 years ago when I, you know, started the R&L Carriers, R&L had a program called, you know, for their sales training called MAPS. MAPS is mom and pop shops. You are better off to go after these small little businesses that have a little bit here and there than the big guy. I'm sorry. You go out, you know, you're down your way, you know, down there. Oh, there's a Pepsi distribution. There's a Frito-Lay distribution. There's a... Coca-Cola, I'm going to bid on that. No, you're not. No. You're going to make... No, that's not worth my time. No, but I would say... Yeah, because everyone is beating themselves down to get to the, you know, to just win the freight. Now, I know there's people out there that will say, no, George, I do it, I make great money. I'm I'm not discounting that. But it doesn't go against what my (laughs) philosophy and, and business model is. But I would, you know, just an, an, machine shop. Another interesting thing. Well, I was going to say real quickly, another interesting thing, too, is, and, and I'm going to uh, put you back on hold there, Mark. Uh, and, and, but another interesting thing that I've found is that, um, especially in our niche, George, uh, us, being, us being the smaller guys, we can't out J.B. Hunt, J.B. Hunt. You know what I'm saying, and 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 we don't have to necessarily try to compete with those guys on price. If we have our uh, our our service niche area down pat, then we can uh, don't have to compete in that rat that rat race to uh, for a race to the bottom. We can actually begin to set the market uh, just by being who we are and being true to what you know. That's kind of some of the stuff that you talked about a little earlier, that's some of the stuff that, that I really found uh, is, is definitely true. If you're true to what it is that you bring to the market and what you do, you don't necessarily have to compete in that rat race to the bottom. Oh, 100%. I mean, and, and, and you know, it's when I was saying earlier about, you know, playing the role, and, and, and trust me, I went through high school, I, I, I wasn't any performer. I wasn't into any classes or plays or drama or anything like that. But, you know, I watched 
people out there over time that succeeded. But you know, not just you're not just going to go in and, and look the part. You have to play the part. I mean, you're going to go in. You know, you you need to have some excitement and say, you know what? A year ago, as Mark, you know, I don't know what you know. I wish I kind of knew knew more of what Mark's background was prior to that. But talk about what you've done. I went out and started my own business. My wife supported me. You know, we went out and we bought a truck. We're, you know, wanting to go after this. People like hearing that because all of these little businesses I talk about can all relate to that. Right, right. We got another caller that's got his hands up. Uh, caller calling in from the area code 912. Caller from the 912. You're up live with Rico and George. What's your name and how can we help uh, my name is Steve, and I appreciate uh, Rico and George. I appreciate y'all taking my call. I kind of want to uh, give you guys a little bike growl. I'm a I'm a Landstar BCO driver. Only been with Landstar maybe a little over seven months now, and I I know listening to you know the Less Truck team and listening to your podcast about customer service. Um, to make a long story short that customer service, that little niche that you guys talk, talked about, landed me on a dedicated contract with Coca-Cola through the Landstar system. And um, and to be honest with you, I'm the only Landstar driver that's doing this dedicated account, and I'm also competing against Warner. And uh, and because of the, you know, the well-dressed and, and being, you know, being on time, calling and, and, you know, saying I'm going to be here at this time or whatever like that, um, that put me a niche above the competition and in which the lows that I can't do it, it does get passed over to Warner. But because of that customer service, I tell you, that's the key thing in this industry is customer service. And, you know, and this, and this uh, dedicated account calls me to be home every night and, um, well, not every night, but every other night, and be home on uh, over on the weekends. And I and I can't thank you guys enough for the discussion of how to create your own uh, customer service and to create your own carriers to uh, to better yourself. Even though I'm with Landstar now, but eventually I am going to go over into my uh, get my own authority because I feel that. With the experience that I have here, I, I, I love this company, but I'm I'm just not satisfied just just of yet. I mean, if you guys know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, but now use this as you know a stepping stool, as, or you know a stepping stone, if you want to say. You want to get across that creek, and we all did it as kids. We want to do it without falling in the water. You're gonna fall in the water, but you know, figure out how you're gonna do it to get there. And, and you know, yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I think Landstar does some incredible things. They approached me very strongly after we started our business three and a half years ago about being an agent, but that's not what I wanted. But I knew what their motive was. Their motive was not to offer me the service. Their motive was, how do we get George with his background, his experience, to bring his freight to us? And it's just it's just not what I want to do. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I come down harsh on different carriers here and there, but Every place kind of has a point, but I, I think what you're doing is, is great. You know, get used to it, cut your teeth, watch, learn what's going on. You know, it's interesting you mentioned about, you know, Werner Enterprises. 
my wife worked for them for almost two years when she was in Omaha before she moved to New York. It was before, shortly before we met. So, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things there that people bash. They remember all the things because, you know, they remember the problems they see on the road and they all pick the fun at Werner, but Werner's a very successful company and there's a reason for it. Yes, you you are definitely right. My, my biggest pet peeve and, and my biggest thing is that... Uh, even though I'm comfortable with where I'm at and comfortable with what I'm making, I'm just not satisfied until I step, you know, step into the waters and 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 begin to uh, create my own. I do feel, with all my heart, that that because of the uh, you know the type of person I am, I like to create relationships and like to meet different people. I feel within my heart that that I will be able to get out and find my own customers and. And be able to service the service my customers and everything like that. Um, but I guess I guess one of the biggest questions, and and I guess I'm going I'm going back over into the uh, you know the uh, rates part of it. I guess I could I guess I could ask with a wet finger in the air. How do you guys see the rates turning with, within the next six months? Because I whenever I whenever I want to step over and to get my own authority, I want to be able to. Uh, do it at the right time. Right time. You know, right now my I, I, my operation cost is really really low because I have my truck paid for, and um and I guess I guess we'll, we'll, with the rates the way they are, how do you see the rates in the near future? I guess uh, according to you guys. You want to go, Rico? Sure. Um, Steve, we appreciate your call. Appreciate you take, tuning in to the show. Um, the, as far as the rates are concerned, what I see is I don't think that we're going to see a lot of upward movement as far as rates are concerned. I think that uh, I think that if you have if you have a customer, I think that that's, that's going to present you with the best potential, the best opportunity to be able to uh, set a pretty good rate for yourself. But as far as the spot market rates and everything is concerned, with, especially with fuel continuing to decline, with the fuel price continuing to drop, uh, I, I think that the rates are going to be pretty much, um, pretty much in the area where they are now. If, if not, if not dropping a little bit lower, especially with the fuel price continuing to drop, I think that. And like I say, once you, but if you get you a, a customer and you set you out a good contract rate. I think that that puts you in a position to actually be ahead of the market and insulate yourself a little bit from the uh, volatility of spot market rates. Uh, totally, totally agree. I think this is something that's going to continue on, and six months is an understatement. I think this is going to go on for quite some time. Um, you kind of got to work to differentiate yourself. But one thing I wanted to say also, I forget the phrase you used, you know, but I kind of want to stress to people, the minute you get comfortable and complacent and, and everything's fine, then you need to kind of worry. So you always want to have a goal ahead of you. So, you know, not, you know, with what you're doing there now with, you know, the moves that you're doing, work on that and build it and cultivate it and just keep looking at more. You've got a very solid situation. Be very thankful for that. that that's That's great. Right. Especially with Landstar behind you, um, and the, the other thing that you got to keep in mind is when you know. And, and I'm not trying to discourage anyone from if absolutely positively think that you want to jump out there and get your own authority. By all means, go go forward. Um, but you have to keep in mind that that's also going to increase your cost 
you know, your insurance is going to go up uh, probably, I'm not going to say astronomically, but it's it's, it's going to definitely increase. Um, so, so you've got to keep all of those different things in mind, all those different variables in mind. And you may even be able to, uh, before you jump out there or whatever, just call around and start maybe getting some quotes on some insurance uh, and just see what, you know, and, and that way you can start making some projections. I talked about this last week, I think, that um, that uh, there there is a actually a uh, tool out there that uh, Internet Truck Stop has that's for free that, that you can do projected in actual real run cost per mile. It's a little app that they have. Uh, you can go on go on to my Facebook page, the Great Plains Facebook page, and find that app. And that's a, definitely a great tool to kind of, uh, you know, play around with some numbers while you're tinkering around with that. Um, and we've got another caller that's got his hand up. We're going to go to Harold. Probably Harold's probably going to be the last caller of the night looking at the clock. So let me see if we can get Harold up and on board with us. Let's see here. Uh, Harold, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing, Rico? Uh, we're well, and how about yourself? Hey, doing all right. Hey, uh, I got a good question for yeah. your uh, guest there. Okay, like, uh, talking sure. about making appearances and stuff. Okay, like, but, um, well, I'm leased on with um, Mercer, and there's one agent that never fails. Okay. They always overextend themselves. Like, this customer pays real good. That's the only reason I keep on going back. But every time I go there, you're late. I'm right on time according to what my dispatcher gave me. Well, this notice was been picked up two days ago. Now, it's my face that they see. Then how could that affect on trying to step out on my own? The, uh, well, it won't because you you have other complication complicating factors in that you you really can't go effectively and back solicit on anybody that you've done uh, business for while with a carrier. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you I know, know especially if you're you're looking at at offering a, a lateral service. You know, so. That'll come back to haunt you. Um, and, I mean, I guess, yeah, but, I mean, are you the only one that hauls in and out of that customer, or do they? is there a bunch of freight going in and out? Yeah, um, they got about uh, that 10, 15 trucks that haul in and out of there. And I don't know well, how many you, when, the other well, ones. Well, then, then, then when you get your rate sheet or your load assignment, I mean, you you, you were told, okay, I, I'm, here it is, uh um, you know, where are we? Wednesday night, I've got my load assignment. I need to pick up on Friday at 9 a.m. Well, tomorrow, I'll call them and say, hey, this is Harold. I, I'm picking up load number whatever. I'm, you know, supposed to be there at 9. I've just received this fax transmission. Well, yeah. they might say, oh, well, you're supposed to be here two days ago. But then also notify the receiver. You know, and say, hey, I'll be there Monday to deliver load number one two, you know, XYZ123. Uh, I have a good yep. friend of mine that's at Landstar and does that all the time. He's heard exactly what you talk about, but he also is alerting and communicating to the customer one step ahead, as opposed to waiting for an agent to decide to, you know, EDI transmit things overnight or or whatever. You've called and said, 
I'll be there. This is what's going on, and just make sure you are. All right. Because like what happens? And, and, so and I'm not. Time, uh, all right, go ahead. Well, I'm not exactly sure exactly how the method of operation is over at Mercer, but there may be. Uh, I don't know if there's an uh, apparatus in place to to kind of call back up the corporate ladder and talk to someone and and, and kind of express your concern and say, hey, you know, we've got this really good customer. And, you know, I want to keep this because it's in, it's in everybody's best interest for us to keep this customer. But this is what, this is the complaint that I'm getting from this customer, you know, and, and kind of bring back and try to bring back into lines and checks and balances so that, you know, it doesn't make Mercer or yourself look bad, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and there's a little bit of quality control uh, apparatus there as far as, you know, going back and making sure that what we're saying we're going to do is what we're actually performing on. All right. That, that makes that makes sense there. Because I know, like, there, we had one other customer that I haven't pulled for them in quite a while. They paid real good, too. But it was the same thing. Uh, always late, always late. Then uh, all of a sudden, we don't got that customer anymore. And now here I can see this customer going down that same track. And I, I like this customer. It's a nice, light Lightweight freight, and uh, they can't beat it. Easy on, easy off. Have you thought about trying to branch out and maybe work with a different agent for different freight? Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, how did, like, uh, the agent that Mercer has for this air contract it is a dedicated for that one. I don't know of any other agent cover this contract. It may, it may be, maybe, maybe too. You can maybe call that agent directly and say, you know, hey, we're getting some problems. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of feedback from the customer down here about some service failures or whatever. You know, what could I do? Yeah. You know, because I know, I, I know it don't reflect on me. Customer. I know it you don't know, directly yeah, that's reflect what I'm on me, but it goes on to. Uh, well, eventually, 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 it will directly affect you if you're working right. for Mercer, and, and, and if Mercer loses that customer, and, and you, you know that takes away the ability right. for you to be able to take that customer's freight, you know, uh, and that's what I mean by as far as you know, you be able to work with that particular agent and, and try to help them build a solution and say, hey, you know, um, the freight is going, yeah. you know, if, it's, if it creates you a, be able to create a dumbbell by working with them working with that agent for Mercer. So you can tell them, hey, reload me, find me, work on someone wherever this load is delivering at, and get me right back down there if we gonna if we gotta service that customer and get me right back down there so we can get this, you know, so we can try to cover uh all the service for the customer that they need. You know, I'm I'm willing to do that, but you know, it's a it's a line of communication that you might have to kick into and get everyone's participation on. Um, and man, Harold, I, I hate to do it. The time has just ran through the, for the rest of the night. There, we got about one minute left. George, you got anything you want to say in closing? Yeah, well, no. Just I mean, you know, put, put your hat on, get out there, you know, pound on the doors. You know, I want to give kudos. There, there's two folks out here. I, I think Johnny might be listening. Johnny's in Indiana, and then my good friend Carl out of Iowa. Uh, you know, Carl in particular kind of was like, you know what, George, I didn't want to listen to you at first and didn't believe, but then he started listening. He tried it. This guy has just said to me, Carl said, George, I can't tell you how good it makes me feel 
to have my customer call and just say, "Hey, Carl, how you doing?" You become more, you're you're a one on one, and and it, that builds from there. But it takes a lot of work to get there, and it, you know, it it works. It happens. Trust me. You just got to do it. All right. You know. Um, appreciate you. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, George, to come on and, and drop a little knowledge on myself and the listeners out there. Uh, we want to continue to wish you and your lovely wife and family up that way much success and, and continue to, uh, you know, um, continue on, on your road to prosperity. And we want to thank the people that made this show possible, the uh, entire Less Truck team, Lisa and Kevin Rutherford, want to thank you guys again for taking time out of your busy schedule for listening and calling in and participating. This is this has been the Rakes and Lanes podcast. I am your host, Rico Muhammad, and until next week, we'll talk to you guys later. Be safe out there, everybody. Good night. Good night, George. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.